بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين اللهم أخرجني من ظلمات الوهم وأكرمني بنور الفهم اللهم افتح علينا أبواب رحمتك وانشر علينا خزائن علومك برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين In our discussion on akhlaq based on the book lessons on Islamic morals we talked about remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala its significance and we want to carry on with a discussion about glorification of Allah or as we call it in Quran and Hadith Tasbih Tasbih is very important concept in the Quran we find that there are different people creatures who do tasbih but it's not even them I start first with people and creature then I would say even it's not only them angels continuously do tasbih in the story of Adam when Allah told them that he's going to create Adam and appoint him as his vicegerent on the earth they asked a question for understanding this was not an objection they asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are you going to put on the earth those who would do mischief and shed blood because they realize that this is not only Adam it's going to be continued through the progeny of Adam Adam is going to be Khalifa for whom? there should be people and then after that this continues and they knew among them there would be people who would do mischief and who would shed blood so the question is this while we glorify you and praise you so we are at your service is there any need to take this risk of creating human beings who would do mischief and shed blood so this was the question if you look at the way 
the angels wanted to demonstrate their strong points, the best thing that they can do, and they do. They said, it means that the best thing that angels do is tasbih, is hand. And we have this in other places in the Quran. So this is about angels. Even we have a hadith which says, Ta'amhum tasbih. The food of angels is tasbih. They can only survive and continue their life with tasbih. Then we have about the people of heaven, Ahlul Jannah. They also do tasbih. In Surah Yunus, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he talks about the people of heaven, says that they would enter heaven and under their, you know, feet or beneath the heaven is uh, there are rivers. Then Allah says, "Da'wahum fiha subhanakallahumma, wa tahiyyatuhum fiha salam, wa akhir da'wahum an alhamdulillah rabbil alamin." So this is Surah Yunus, verse ten. 10, 10. Because Surah Yunus is also 10, so 10, 10. Da'wahum fiha means their call in heaven is Subhanakallah. So either their uh, you know, conversation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or whatever they say, their speech can be summarized in tasbih. It's not that they don't do anything else, but it means that anything that they do comes under tasbih. Like angels. Angels do many, many things. Yeah? amra. There are angels responsible for rest and angels responsible for death. There are many things they do. But all come under tasbih. The people of heaven, they may say many things. But Quran summarizes, Da'wahum fiha subhanakallahum. May you be glorified. And when they want to greet each other, they say salam. So salam is the greetings of people of heaven. The ending of their call is an alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. Is praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you put the beginning of this ayah and end of it together, you would realize that hamd is part of tasbih. Because Allah says, Da'wahum subhanak Allahumma. And then He says, Ending of Da'wahum hamd. Ending of something is part of it. If you have a line, for example, of 10 meters. Ending of it is part of it. Yeah? End of dunya is part of dunya. 
end of end of the week is part of the week. So when Allah says, uh, "Is a da'wahum fiha subhanakallahumma," means their entire call is tasbih, but the last part is hamd. It means that hamd also falls under tasbih. So the people of heaven also do tasbih. Then we come to dunya. Angels, we already talked about them. People of heaven talked about them. We come to dunya. We find that tasbih is one of the things that special servants of Allah do. For example, Prophet Yunus, when he was in darkness, in the stomach of whale, what did he do to save himself? He said, La ilaha illa there is no God but you. Subhanaka, may you be glorified. Enni kuntu min Truly I was one of the unjust people. I did zulm. Then Allah says, Fastajabna lahu wanajainahu min al-ham. We answered to this call and saved him from grief. In the same way we also save mu'minin from grief. So whoever is depressed, whoever is sad, whoever is in grief can do the same as Prophet Yunus. In darkness, especially, if the night, we can do this zikr Yunusi. To repeat this zikr. La ilaha illa an subhanaka inni kuntu this involves la ilaha illa so there is tahlil tahlil means la ilaha illallah there is subhanaka there is tasbih and there is anni kuntu minadh-dhalimin which is tawbah yeah so he did tahlil and tasbih and tawbah and he was saved but elsewhere quran says lawla innahu min al-musabbihin lalabisa fi batnih had it not been that he was one of those who do tasbih, he would have been remaining in the stomach of the veil. So it means that tasbih covers tahlil and includes tawbah. So tasbih includes hamd, akhiru da'wahum, and alhamdulillah rabbil alam. La ilaha illallah and also Tawbah. You know, we say Tasbih of Lady Fatima, but is it just Tasbih? It's Tasbih, it is La ilaha illallah, it is Allahu Akbar, Alhamdulillah, Subhanallah. So it includes Allahu Akbar as well. La ilaha illallah, and also here uh, we had an ayah, sorry, you know, Alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. So tasbih is general. It includes every good thing. 
And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, now you should also do tasbih. Sabbahuhu bukratan wa asila. Try to be like angels. Try to be like people of heaven. Glorify Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sabbahuhu bukratan wa asila. In mornings and in evenings do tasbih. Sabbih bihamd rabbik. Tasbih with hamd. We go to Ruku, Subhan Rabbi Al-Azim Al-Hamdi. We go to Sajda, Subhan Rabbi Al-Ala Al-Hamdi. Tasbih and Hamd. In Salat Al-Ja'far Tayyar, we have 300 times Tasbihat Arba. We call it Tasbihat Arba, but it is Tasbih and Takbir and Hamd and Layla Allah, but we say, we call it Tasbihat. It means Tasbih covers. It's a name that can cover everything. And then the Quran tells us Subhanalladhi asra ba'addihi laylan min al-masjid al-haram ila al-masjid al-aqsa. Who is doing tasbih? It's not angels. It's not people of heaven. It's not human beings. It's not Yunus. It's Allah Himself. Even Allah does tasbih. Subhanalladhi asra wa'abdihi laylan min al-masjid al-haram. So, tasbih is something that the Creator does. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by His very existence and perfection is doing tasbih. No one actually can do tasbih in the way that Allah does tasbih. Because his perfection shows that he's perfect. We say tasbih meaning that we negate imperfection from God. We negate impurities from God. We do tanzi. And then we do hamd, which means we praise him for good things. We praise him for perfection. So we negate imperfection and we approve and Affirm perfection for him. But who can do better than Allah himself? By his very perfect being, he's doing tasbih. So tasbih is very, very important. All creatures are doing tasbih. The Quran says, even don't think about Angels doing tasbih, or people of heaven doing tasbih, or you mu'minin doing tasbih. In min shay'in Allah yusabbihu bihamdih. Walakin la tafqahuna tasbihat. There is nothing except that does tasbih and praise God, but you don't understand their tasbih. Yusabbihu lillah ma fis samawati wa ma fil ard. Everything in the sky, everything on the earth, or in the earth, do tasbih. So tasbih is very, very important. As zikr that we were saying. But we don't use zikr for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the sense that we don't say Allah does zikr of himself. But we can say Allah does tasbih. So if we can mention 
and invocate Subhanallah. La ilaha illa an subhanaka ni Subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wallah akbar. These are very important. If you can say Subhan Rabbika Rabbil Izzati Amma Yasafoon wa salamun ala al-mursaleen walhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. This is very good, especially at the end of the meetings. When you had some discussions, conversations that might have affected your heart in a bad way, darkened your heart, say Subhan Rabbika Rabbil Izzati Amma Yasafoon wa salamun ala al-mursaleen walhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. It's very powerful. And if you look at it carefully, you find the format is like Surah Yunus number 10. Subhana Rabbika Rabbil Izzati Amma Yisraeli Tasbih. Da'awahum fiha subhanaka Allahum. Wa tahiyyatuhum fiha salam. Subhan wa salamun ala al-mursaleen. Wa akhiru da'awahum. And alhamdulillah. Say, walhamdulillah Rabbil Alam. Tasbih, salam, hamd. This is a combination that can solve many problems. Tasbih, salam, hamd. But we should not stop just at the level of lafz, invocating just these names. We should try to do it in practice. How can I practically do tasbih? I can practically do tasbih by first correcting my understanding of Allah. I should not think of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a limited being, as you know, a being that is na'udhubillah, getting emotional or angry or happy, or for example, who is not adil, who is not kind. Anything that is incorrect in our understanding of God has to be left aside. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Subhan rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasafoon. Anything that we do as description and characterization of God has a problem. Except mukhlasin. Subhanallah amma yasafoon illa ibadallahil mukhlasin. But anyway, we should try. As much as possible, improve and refine our understanding of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So part of it is our understanding. But part of it is our practice. If I, na'udhubillah, commit sins, if I disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or if I do mischief, if I, you know, harm people, hurt people, do zulm, if I waste, this is all in contradiction with tasbih. When you do tasbih, you have to be like angels. When you do tasbih, you have to be like people of heaven. Meaning that you empty yourself and just try to expose yourself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and reflect his light. This is why tasbih is a kind of zikr. If you remember what we said about zikr. To open yourself and expose your heart to the light of Allah and then reflect it to the rest of the people, the world. Okay, then there's a discussion here about some of the outcomes of remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A very clear one that we are all familiar with 
is tranquility. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in chapter 13, verse 28, Those who Maybe you rarely find such repetition in the Quran that in one verse something is almost repeated. It's not exactly repeated, but this etminanul qalb, the concept is repeated. But first, in reference to some special people, those who have faith and their hearts come at rest with remembrance of Allah, then as a general rule, be aware that it is by remembrance of God that hearts come to rest. So it's a general rule. Why are hearts only with remembrance? Because, you know, Allah has come before. You know, in Arabic, when something which, is, which should be mentioned later comes first, it can be either for ta'kid, emphasis, or it can be for hasr, means exclusiveness. For example, we say, Iyaka na'bud. We could have said, Na'buduka. But then we say, Iyaka na'bud means only you we serve or worship. Taqdeemu ma haqquhu ta'khir Something which needs to be mentioned later according to the norm, but now has been brought earlier, it can mean exclusiveness. And the minimum is ta'akid, emphasis. But many times it's exclusiveness, hasr. It can mean truly it's with the remembrance of God that comes at first, or it means only. And only is correct, because we know that there is no way to have tranquility and peace in heart without connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because our heart is full of yearning for perfection. All people, even bad people, they have yearning for absolute perfection. The problem with good people and bad people is where they find perfection. And how much they are ready to work for it. These are the two differences. Some people find perfection in wrong places. They think perfection comes by having money. But then they are never satisfied. Therefore, they, are, they have never sukun. Some people may think that perfection comes by power. Perfection may come by, I don't know, pleasure. By satisfaction of sexual desires. But they are never satisfied. So they think they need more. And this is where they get greedy. So there is yearning, but they don't know where to look for it. And also, how determined they are. Some people, 
they have yearning, but they are not ready to work for it. They're lazy. They want something quick and easy. Something instant and comfortable. They're not able, you know, to sacrifice the comfort to reach perfection. So if you want to summarize differences between people, perhaps you can summarize it by mentioning two points. Where they find perfection and how much they are ready to work for it. This makes people in different levels and different positions. If you want real satisfaction, real pleasure, you should go for true perfection. True perfection lies only with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, unless we get connected to Him, we would not have satisfaction. It's like a person who is hungry. You give him water, he's still hungry. You give him blanket, he's hungry. You give him, I don't know, key of a very expensive car, he says, I'm hungry. You say, you know, we make you leader. He says, I'm hungry. Give me what can stop my hunger. Someone is, for example, missing his child or her child. You give him food. So, you know, we give him best food. It's not solving my problem. You give me money. Not so I am worried and concerned and missing my child. Give me my child. Human beings can never be satisfied unless we take them to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because he is our origin. And unless we get back connected to him, we would not be satisfied. And this is actually a way to find our way back towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is a beautiful saying of Imam Zainul Abidin alayhi salam. In which he says to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that my thirst cannot be quenched except by you. My burning fire inside me cannot be extinguished except by you. I cannot be satisfied by anything other than you. If you like, we had this in page 118. وَغُلَّتِي لَا يُبَرِّدُهَا إِلَّا وَصْلُكُ وَلَوْعَتِي لَا يُطْفِيهَا إِلَّا لِقَاؤُكُ وَشَوْقِي إِلَيْكِ لَا يَبُلُّهُ إِلَّا النَّظَرُ إِلَى وَجْهِكُ My yearning cannot stop except by looking at your face. وَقَرَارِي لَا يَغِرُّ دُونَ دُنُبِّي مِنْكُ and nothing will settle me in my settling place without closeness to you. Like a child who is crying and only reaching his mother can make him calm. Like Musa alayhi salam, that they try different false mothers. No one could comfort Musa except his real mother. When the real mother came, Musa 
became comforted. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that man a'arada an dhikri fa inna lahu ma'ishatan wanka whoever turns away from my remembrance he would have very difficult life wanka means narrow you know sometimes you feel you are surrounded by unwanted forces and unwanted people life is very narrow for you means you don't have enough freedom to move you don't have freedom to enjoy to breathe you are from every corner surrounded by bad people or bad forces you feel like that man a'arada an dhikri fa inna lahu ma'ishatan wanka on the day of judgment also he will be resurrected blind he says oh my lord why you resurrected me blind i was able to see in dunya i was able to see shouldn't i also be resurrected in the same way that i lived in dunya because you know we have this rule that in the way that you live you will die and the way you die you will be resurrected so i was a person who was able to see why i'm not able to see now okay the answer is this even in dunya you were not seeing <laughs> in dunya you were blind our communications, our signs, our signals were coming to you and you ignored them, you forgot them. So you will be forgotten today. We forgot to give you vision. <laughs> Not in the sense that Allah really forgets, in the sense that we ignore you. You ignored truth, you are ignored. So, in dunya, they would have miserable life, and in akhira also, they would have more, of course, miserable, miserable life. Another outcome is, I finish soon, inshallah, so that we have some time for question and answer. Illumination of the heart. There is a beautiful saying of Amir al-Mu'minin Nahjul Balade. You find it on page... 136. This is Nahjul According to Subhi Saleh edition, is Sermon 221. Truly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made remembrance a Polish. And illumination for the hearts. Our hearts can get dusted or erosion can affect our heart, but zikr of Allah brings light and polishes the heart. Heart still, you know, has life, but it has become weak. It can energize. 
تَسْمَعُ بِهِ بَعْدَ الْوَقْرَةِ After deafness, again hearts start hearing. Because you know, hearing is not just for ear. Hearing is at the end by heart. Because something can go to your ear, but it's heart who has to understand. If the heart is not in good condition, your ear can work. You don't need ear, you know, hearing aid, but your heart needs aid. So, after the hearts can not hear, they are deaf, they start hearing again. After hearts cannot see with zikr, they become able to see again. After the hearts become rebellious, then they become obedient. It is the power of zikr. It is by polishing heart that heart starts functioning again. So zikr can illuminate the heart and make it able to see, to hear, to understand. So in this way we have finished lesson 8 and inshallah the next session we will talk about worshipping God inshallah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to illuminate our heart and polish our heart by his remembrance and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable us to live a kind of life which takes us day by day closer to him inshallah and takes us closer to the people who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all the time. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make our life a place for his own presence and for the presence of his remembrance, insha'Allah. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah rabbil alam.